0: Computer, initialize Holosuite.
1: Space. The final frontier. Let's see
0: what's out there. There are a million things in this universe you can have, and there are a million things you can't have. It's no fun facing that, but that's the way things are. You can
1: deny me all you want. But you cannot deny Ben Cisco they exist. Dismissed. Let's start with expression four. Get
0: up. Hello, welcome to Her First track. It's nice to have you here again. I'm Katie.
1: Oh my gosh, <laughs> these intros are just getting worse I don't know, because normally
0: when you see people, you're like, hey, nice to see you again, but I can't see you, you can't see me.
1: i well, imagine there's a, like a crowd of listeners watching and listening.
0: What up, fanbase?
1: There we go. Can I get
0: a whoop whoop?
1: We should get a whoop whoop.
0: Whoop whoop. Thank you. Welcome
1: to a brand new episode of Her First Trek, a Star Trek review podcast. I am Kyle. And that lovely female voice you just heard is my wife, Katie. Uh, Katie is the Trek Virgin as we uh, came into the show. She'd watched a few of the newer stuff, but hadn't seen any of the old legacy shows. So we're looking at TOS, TNG, DS9 and Voyager on this show. before we get into the movies and probably do Enterprise, which you have seen. And we'll hit all the other shows as well, I think. All of Trek.
0: A comprehensive journey through the world of Trek.
1: This is episode 21, Kate, and I feel like this is a milestone because we've hit 20. We're now an official established podcast. We've been going for almost a year, so that's exciting. Wow. Yeah, only a few months short. We launched on New Year's Day. Um, oh, did we? Of this year, yeah. So uh, at this point, full Trekkie.
0: Well, I mean, my honeymoon is basically going to a convention. Yes. So, yes. Well, unofficial
1: honeymoon. We're going to have a proper actual sunny honeymoon next year.
0: A sunny moon.
1: Sunny moon. Uh, Yes, Destination Star Trek is going to be our, I guess, little trip of this year. COVID has uh, caused all sorts, but we have a nice hotel booked, no kids, just us and... Cosplay. (laughs) And cosplay. Are we cosplaying? Yeah. Don't we need to be on it now? Like, the proper pros started, like, last year. I'm
0: not going to, like, build on prosthetic lobes, but I'll wear an outfit, you know?
1: I have thought about just ordering a uniform. Yeah. They look better in the pictures, like on the website than they do in person though I think Mm. also we've got to think about the parties in the night they have got the Niners which is the baseball one so we have to get a baseball outfit together and then we need to do something for the Captain Proton themed party as well I'm assuming both these things are cosplay I'm going to feel really silly if we show up I am
0: honestly infamous for being that person that takes fancy dress to the next level and then regrets it.
1: Well, you and I have never really done fancy dress together. No, we
0: haven't. But on one occasion, I went to a Bollywood themed party. So I, you know, had um, a friend of the family who had a bunch of really, really beautiful like saris (laughs) and all this stuff. I went in full Bollywood and everyone else just had like a little paisley sticker in the middle of their forehead. And were oh, wow. just looking really chic otherwise. And I was just bashing around in my sari.
1: But if they were giving out awards for best outfit, would you have won?
0: Oh, by a mile. There we but go. I stuck out like a sore thumb. And then another time, the theme of the party was happy. So I wore like right. a bright yellow dress, had loads of glitter on my face and pigtails. And I was really smiley. Everyone else is wearing ball gowns. What? Why? Honestly, I had to go home and get changed. I was mortified. What, into
1: the ball gown you just had in your wardrobe?
0: No. In my <laughs> car. Waiting. You know my car Sorry, is a closet yeah. of truth.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I went home and got changed and came back because I felt like a right dick.
1: Okay, well, I'm a little wary now about what's going to happen on these two. Yeah, don't, don't be guided by me. So maybe we'll talk about DST on some upcoming Blast Shield episodes. Uh, Which going? Uh, please check out that show, by the way, Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. We have a lot of listeners who listen to both shows. That is mine and Katie's show for Hollis week Media, where we exclusively talk about Star Trek Lower Decks and the new episodes that are dropping. We have a brand new episode actually coming out this week to discuss the Eighth episode of Lowered X's second season. But Katie, we are here today to talk about two old episodes, classic episodes of Star Trek. One actually is a classic that we'll be discussing, and that is Star Trek Deep Space Nine's Duet. And the other one is, I feel like it's a classic for different reasons, and that's TNG's Heart of Glory. So we'll be talking about both of those in a very short few minutes. Before that, I need to direct you all to our social medias, which I'm barely using right now. The Instagram has fallen behind, the Twitter gets the occasional tweet, and the Facebook is it even active? But please follow us on all those platforms if I haven't sold them well enough for you at her first trek. I am also on the Twitter at Kyle Thomas West.
0: Why did you call it the Twitter? The Twitter. You don't that, call it the Twitter. No, it makes it sound like you don't understand it. Like if I called it the Twitter, it'd be like, okay, bless
1: her. Well, I am middle aged now, so. Why are you not? I'm thirty five. If they say people hope to hit seventy, yeah, I know. I'm literally middle aged. Okay,
0: technically, but I think middle age is older than that.
1: Not for me. <laughs> well, no. To be honest, it's pretty ambitious. Me stating thirty five is middle aged because oh, right. I'm reasonably sure I hit middle age like twelve years ago. Christ. I'm in the Twilight years now.
0: Did you have told me that before we got married? Before married?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> I need to lock you Tie down. Tie me down. Tie you down? That's right. What is it you want?
0: To plead. You waste your time. Their actions threaten the Alliance. They disobeyed and must be punished. Yes, they must be punished, but not executed with dishonor. Why do you care? What burns in their eyes fires my soul. I hear their words, and I see it all as it was. Part of me longs for that time. It's bred in the bone.
1: We all do. Then send them to a planet in the Holly System, where they can meet death on their feet, with a weapon in their hands, not tied and helpless.
0: When one of us dies that way, it diminishes us all. Yes. Brother, I feel as you. I too wish they could fly free, but I have no choice. Sir. We await the transfer.
1: So it's been a long road getting from there to here.
0: We used that a lot.
1: But we finally got to see Klingons on TNG. I don't think we've seen them until the episode Heart of Glory, which we're going to chat about now. And Vaughn Armstrong, otherwise known as Admiral Forrest to me, from Enterprise, he's played loads of characters, but uh, he played the main Klingon in this. Would have been a young man, actually. I think about Admiral Forrest being, like, you know, grey-haired and stuff, but this was, like, 20 years before. So he would have been a young man under that makeup. And in this episode, essentially, Worf befriends three Klingons who they saved from a ship, but it turns out those Klingons had actually taken over the ship anyway. And were on the run from the Empire because they still had the bloodlust of Klingons and didn't want to be part of an Empire now that was at peace with the Federation and Alliance. Which I think this could be the first time we've heard any mention that the Klingons and the Feds are at peace with each other. Mm. Uh, to the point where the Klingons had a Federation <coughs> symbol behind them on the view screen. I thought that was weird. Yeah. Because I don't think... I think that implies that like the Klingons are part that of the mates. Federation. Which they're not. And then this all turns bad anyway and... Worf eventually has to kill his friend, who smashes through the glass in engineering, mm. and then he gets an honourable death, and that's about it. And it was like Worf's first dealings with the Klingons in quite some time, I think. And they liked him.
0: I think they only liked him because he was a Klingon, though. And they could see that he might be able to advance their needs.
1: Now, you've had Klingon episodes of, like, Enterprise you've seen before, and things like that, uh, Discovery. So you've had Klingon episodes before, but this was your first one, I guess, proper one during all of our, her first Trek uh, sort of view ins. So, how did you find your first Klingon episode?
0: It was interesting. I had more of an appreciation for Worf, which I haven't really had before.
1: It's taken a long time to get Worf an episode, isn't it?
0: But you would think he would be naturally one of the more interesting characters on the bridge, I think.
1: Mm. Makeup in this episode in particular. Slightly different. Yeah, but it was struggling with the HD restoration.
0: Yeah, that guy's nose was coming off.
1: Yeah, you could, you could see... I've seen it on Worf a couple of times, but you can see Worf's ridges where they join his temples. But, you know, this is this wasn't designed to be seen in <laughs> HD, so I forgive him for that. I actually really quite enjoyed this episode. Given that at one point they're holding each other's eyes open and screaming at the ceiling, like growling, the little Klingon growlers, I actually thought it was... Uh, it felt quite serious, an episode. Like, I kind of felt yeah. sorry for these Klingons who... Wanted to be warriors, and they just felt that their species had changed. And uh, actually, Star Trek Six plays on this a little bit, where the idea of the Klingons and the Federation being friends suddenly becomes a problem. It's the same as like the Russians and the Americans, how people who were your enemies are now you have oh, to be right, nice okay. to. And so, yeah. for the Klingons, suddenly they weren't having combat like they were before because they're suddenly friends with the Federation. They, they, mm. they can't attack little worlds along the border because there's a Federation world, you know. So I kind of. I kind of got Admiral Forrest's perspective on it all. The boots they were wearing were cringeworthy, though.
0: I didn't notice.
1: Yeah, they they were really bad. It kind of looked like they were wearing like Klingon UGG boots. Oh dear! Somewhere. So they managed to build I mean, UGG
0: boots aren't a good idea. No, anyway. not at
1: all. They managed to build a disruptor whilst in the brig of all the parts they were carrying on them. Which I get it was quite cool, like a little spike on their boot and stuff had a part in it, and they were just piecing it together. But the big question is, wouldn't you scan for like that stuff on the Klingons?
0: You probably should. I mean, you don't let a prisoner go into a no, cell without, yeah. like, frisking them.
1: Well, you don't strip those Klingons naked, put them in some Starfleet jumpsuits. Bend over jump suits, and cough. Check everywhere.
0: Now, so you were saying before you've seen a lot of criminal minds, so that's how your mind works. I've seen a lot of prison shows and like border control show, so I know how to frisk someone.
1: Oh, wow, okay. I'm uh, looking forward to putting this into practice, if you know what I mean. What are you hiding? Try and find out. <laughs> Please don't. I'm not going to do don't that. Don't frisk me. That scene, actually, when they broke out of the brig. So we had that one officer who, with his back turned, without looking in the room, realised that they'd brought down the force field, so very intuitive, but then proceeded to turn straight into the room, knowing that they were out of the force mm. field. He just... Literally turns and gives them free reign to shoot him dead. The
0: people who were guarding their cell had no tactical awareness at all. Like, that one guy was just standing there. He wasn't even, like, doing covering fire or anything. He was just standing there, mountain pose, arms by his sides, basically with a huge bloody target on him. And then when the security team come around the corners to, like, help out, he's, like, on fire and Natasha, rather than continuing to attack the Klingons, just goes to check his pulse. And I'm like, love, he is smoking. He's yeah. not alive.
1: Yeah, and that guy actually did a really good job on the first Klingon. Remember, like, the Klingon fires, and he ducks down. Like, an energy beam, move, which moves at whatever the speed is. He ducks the energy <laughs> beam, takes out that Klingon, like some bloody master of tactical warfare thing but or But that not.
0: was his only maneuver. But
1: Yeah, and then when the other one comes out, he's, like you say, he just stood there. He's like, oh, oh, there's another one. Oh, pff, pff, Gone. steam. No, no,
0: it wasn't even that quick. It was like, oh no. Another Klingon. You've
1: got me in a pickle.
0: What am I going to do? It's not like I have a weapon. Oh no, I do have a weapon. All I have to do is raise it. Here it goes. Here's my arm going up.
1: Don't make me shoot you.
0: I, I don't want to do this. There you
1: go, steaming chest what about Tasha trying to claim that there was a hostage situation
0: that was bizarre
1: I'm gonna put this this way now when when the kid comes out of the turbolift now really bad parenting from the mum by the way yeah, that no she worries. just let the girl just run out to these two massive Klingons but I didn't get the impression when Admiral Forrest's Klingon picked up the kid that he was taking him hostage but Tasha's all like Tasha Yard to bridge. We've got a hostage situation going on down here. I
0: thought that moment was quite poignant, actually. I mean, it was ridiculous. But I think that Worf realized that he did have some connection with them because the Federation were always going to see Klingons as the enemy, Mm. no matter what they were doing. I mean, yes, they did just kill someone, but I don't think they were about to kill this child.
1: No, I don't think they were either. In fact, for me, it showed a human side. Not Mm. literal, but it kind of told me that these Klingons aren't... They're not bad guys. No. They just want to be able to live the way... Yeah, they they want to live the way they want to live. And then they're not evil. And as Worf said, we wouldn't kill. You'd be prejudiced against us Mm. uh, based on your own beliefs. He says we
0: don't take hostages, which is probably true.
1: Yeah, I think they generally don't. They just kill. This all led to Worf having to stand up for Starfleet and stop the Admiral Forrest Klingon when he was about to destroy the warp Corps. Why did he drop through the glass?
0: I don't know, because I think Worf shot him, not the glass.
1: Yeah, no, but you know, he fell and the, he goes through the glass and drops to the next level. And the really cool bit, because it kind of cracks the glass or well, the next one down as well, but doesn't break. That's kind of cool. But I was thinking, oh, maybe something sharp metal on his thing did it. But I don't know. It would make me wary of walking on that glass once it's repaired. I'm thinking, if it can drop that easily...
0: I reckon Klingons are, like, way denser than humans.
1: The death was rough, wasn't it, as well?
0: No, because he fell through, then readjusted himself as the glass... The camera was underneath the glass and he fell and then like moved his arm out yes. from under his body. And then he was like, oh, yeah, I'm dead.
1: Yeah, but he was still technically alive. Wolf rolled him over then held his eyes open as he was dying.
0: Okay. And that okay. was stressful.
1: I felt stressed for him. I know. Because I know they want him to see death. But I guess it's because, what, you're gonna, your instinct is that you're going to close your eyes to die or something? I don't know. But it was rough.
0: I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make death even more horrific by forcing you to keep your eyes open. Well,
1: Picard said in the earlier scene that he understood that part of the thing. He's like, I can understand looking into the eyes of the person as they die. But he's like, the the shouting, though, I don't get it.
0: Yeah, no, I don't get any of it. Either. I think it
1: more is barking rather than shouting. Like, oh. Wolf just starts barking at the, the devil Oof. or the god, whoever it was he's going to. This was quite a decent fair one for me. I enjoyed it. You You like it?
0: It was okay. I feel like I'm more connected to Worf. Apart from that, I didn't really do anything else for me. Apart from open up Worf a bit as a character. I think that's
1: what these standalone shows are like, though. Worf gets much better, though. Because you've had a low opinion of Worf in previous episodes.
0: Yeah, because I'm just not really like... He yeah, really, hasn't done anything. No, I don't really see the point of him. Because sometimes he's just not there and I don't notice. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds far <laughs> Just horrible. there,
1: this big six foot something Klingon and I don't even see him.
0: What are you looking for? answers found any yet where says i don't care about the truth that all i want is vengeance are you worried that maybe he's right (gasps) all i want is to see him punished
1: even if he is just a file clerk that's just it i don't want him to be just a file clerk i want him to be i don't know Something worse. You want him to be guilty. As far as I'm concerned, if he was a Galatepe, he is guilty. They're all guilty.
0: His punishment. Will let Bajor feel some satisfaction. It sounds like you're trying too hard to believe what you're saying. You already know if you punish him without reason, it won't mean anything. And you already know vengeance isn't enough.
1: During all of your struggles through DS9, and that was more in sort of in the early days rather than later, I have been waiting for you to get to this particular episode, thinking to myself, this is the one that's gonna make her see how good DS9 can be. But then worrying that if this one didn't pay off, (laughs) (laughs) that I was screwed. So I did sometimes mention to you that I'm really looking forward to watching this episode, but I was kind of thinking, don't overhype it just in case she thinks it's a pile of dog poo. So the episode is duet. It is quite a popular Star Trek episode. I think it's arguably one of the best, if not the best episode of season one of DS9, particularly for a standalone Anyway, I'm going to let you go through how you remember the plot going.
0: So a Cardassian is requesting to come to the station and Kira's like, nah, nah, he's guilty. And they're like, what's he done? And she's like, I don't know yet, but he's done something. And then he's in their little prison, or not prison, but his uh, name has been associated or he's, no, that's it, he's got some illness which means that he was working at a particular labour camp that the Cardassians had for the Bajorans which
1: like, there was real atrocities
0: yeah, and he could only have got this disease if he was working there at the time, so they get Julian to check him out and he's like, yeah, he's got it and he says, okay, eventually he says yeah, I was a file clerk there and I was a really good file clerk, and Kira doesn't believe him, she's uh, heading the investigation for it and she doesn't believe him and then they get some evidence some photos which suggest actually he is and i think this is right goldar stein or something goldar gold goldar something dahin. i remembered it at the start Go, of, this it's goal,
1: goal of the ranks gold Goldar golda something
0: who is the guy who in was charge. in charge of the labor camp and, and, your,
1: and your jaw dropped on this i pit. was
0: like whoa i can't believe they've actually caught this guy it's like catching like heimler you know or hitler well, he wasn't in charge of labour camps. Was no, he? just he was getting Well, yeah, having, yeah. I suppose it is, yeah.
1: Not realising you've got the big dude and, yeah. and there he is.
0: Kira's like fuming and she goes in and this guy, he changes so quickly and he was so meek before. And now he's like, yeah, I did it and I loved every minute of it. My job was the best. I love destroying all you all bastards. Yeah, he was and, like,
1: what atrocities. Like, yeah, for he me, was like,
0: was, it was just enjoyable. Yeah. It was a pleasure. And he's so horrible to Kira. And then they figure out somehow that, oh, he's been taking like a dermal generator and he's actually had his face altered to look like the guy who ran the camp. Goldar, whatever his name is, because he, the actual leader of the labour camp thing, is actually dead. He was the file clerk and he just wanted to be punished because he felt so guilty
1: about everything that
0: had happened. So he wanted to be sentenced to death for it because he thought it was the right thing to do.
1: Kira refused to do it. She had a feeling he was actually a good man Mm. and uh, maybe it was shown remorse that she'd never seen from a Cardassian before. And she said that she wouldn't let any more good people die because of that. I think she had because of that labor camp or something, yeah. and so she let him out. Was going to return him back to where he was because they'd done research and found that he'd like before he comes to DS Nine, he'd settle his affairs in order. He'd. Yeah. Give all his money away and all these things. And then, as they're walking through the promenade, he gets stabbed in the back by a Bajoran who'd seen him earlier. He died almost instantly. And Kira was like, Why did you do that? He was innocent. And he was like, You know, no Cardassian's innocent.
0: I think it yeah. made her question her own sort of thoughts because as soon as he arrived on the station, she was like, No Cardassian is innocent. And mm. she had that same thought,
1: but spent time with him.
0: Yeah, that was interesting.
1: Even though when she was talking, I can't remember who she was talking to about it when she said there must be more to him than just being a file clerk. I can't remember if it was Dax or Odo she was chatting to. But, you know, she kind of implied there that if he was just a file clerk, that you could see it in like a way she was talking and thinking that maybe he was just there working, not a bad guy. But I think at at that point she was thinking, well, if you were there, though, you should have stopped it. Mm -hmm. But I think by the end of the episode, she realizes that you can't always stop things Mm -hmm. in that situation. A filing clerk is just a spoke on the wheel. As I yeah. said, we all keep turning with it, with or without. So this episode then, so I, I was putting a lot of pressure on it. You were. Mostly for myself. I mean, how did this one turn out for you, Katie? I mean, was
0: it a great stinking pile of Odogu? Odogu, or, Odogu or was it really, really, really fucking good?
1: Oh, so it's one or the other. So which was it? I big fat loved it. Oh,
0: yes. It was really good.
1: And no action. No. No? Which I was worried about with you with all the older treks. I was never sure how you would take to the fact that they weren't always action No, I don't
0: need need an action-packed episode. I just need some food for thought.
1: And a conundrum. You'd have to be presented with a conundrum. I do. I like
0: a mystery that I have to unravel.
1: How did you feel about this guy at the end?
0: I felt dreadfully sorry for him, actually, because I found this whole episode so interesting with the parallels between Nazi labour camps and, you know, I'm really into all of
1: that. I should clarify for our listeners as well is that you've lived in Germany yeah,
0: for six yeah. months,
1: you speak fluent German, you studied at university, and you're probably more familiar with the other side of everything that went on during that period than myself, who's just been raised on the, the British and American mm. uh, evil Nazis thing. Like I, a- I'd never seen the people who may have been trapped within that system and... and Absolutely no way am I making any attempt to defend anyone who did commit atrocities. But this episode, as you're saying...
0: This is such the the hard thing about it because there's so much like... There's literature. Like when I was in university reading stuff like this... Talking about like, are you guilty if you were if you were aware of it but you didn't do anything about it? So there's one guy I can't remember it is Daniel Goldhagen or something who says that all Germans at that time were guilty because they all knew about it and mm. they all should have done something. And you can kind of see the case for it, but then at the same time you just think there's stuff going on in our country that we have no idea about yeah. or that we can't do anything about. Yeah,
1: you know, in America, because you for are just years, one person. they had kids know? in cages.
0: Horrific, yeah, in and order. and it's horrible because I actually I felt so sorry for this guy at the end because I know that if that were me I wouldn't feel able to do anything about it I mean I I probably would try but you never know do you unless you're in that situation but you could see like he wanted to be punished for it and that's die, so you. sad that's so sad that he felt like that was the only option for him
1: so where do you fall with him then was he guilty by association Ooh, just by being no, there that's a hard one kira determined that he wasn't guilty i think it was more a case of he's a good man he was there but you know he couldn't have done anything so where would you have fallen with it
0: i think i would have probably gone with what kira went with there's always things you can do in those situations i think maybe not open the doors and let them all run free because mm. that's
1: not a thing so that was gonna i was gonna ask you next actually was that was she right to say you know what you need to go about your life, or should it have been that he's still gonna do time in jail, but we're not gonna pursue the death penalty because that's what the the option was. It was the the death penalty if if the, he was who they thought he was. I mean, should she have still kept him in the cell?
0: I don't know because you're never gonna really know the extent of what actually happened there. You know, like mm. wasn't there like a thing about some guy who was just a just the barber in the Nazi, Nazi concentration camp, so he would just. Do what he was told, shave their heads, and then they would go in. Isn't Oof. that person as guilty as the person who lined them all up in front of the mass graves and shot them? I know which person should be carrying more guilt and well, it, should have more yeah. of a punishment, but I know is that, that if you had to guilty? give the death
1: penalty to one and not the other, then I would say that you give the death penalty to the ones who pulled the triggers. Mm-hmm. But I do think if you're there, like you said, the hairdressers and stuff. It's not even guilt by association there almost because they they were taking part in the process. So I would Mm. say that they should do time. I think that this Kardashian should have done jail time still.
0: A lot of what, like, if we do take the sort of looking at Nazi Germany with this, a lot of people would say I had been forced to do these things because they would have killed me and my family if I hadn't Mm. done it. That is a fallback though. Does that still make you guilty?
1: Can you prove?
0: No, you can't. You probably never can. Yeah. That's also, something that you have to live and with if you like, get away with it. If everyone
1: says that, if everyone comes out and says that after, then you would say, well, surely if there was this many of you, I'm even talking about this now with a Cardassian say, you would have been able to change what was happening. If there's that many of you. But who, you never
0: know who you can trust. Like, yeah. you can't go to someone else you work with and go, hey, Cardassian, I'm not really happy with this situation. Because what if that person rats you out?
1: Well, the Chinese are launching a thing right now, aren't they? Where they're encouraging neighbours to, um, insert, like a policing thing of neighbourhoods. So it's uh, it's neighbors, police, neighbors, basically. So, oh, I haven't heard about that. Yeah, similar thing. I was reading about it recently. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I got
0: stories to some people around here.
1: Do you think the Bajoran government would have been happy that Kira was giving him a pass?
0: Probably not. But uh, just, they would have
1: wanted justice. Yeah,
0: just like that guy who stabbed him, though. He, he
1: didn't care. They see yeah. that
0: he's a Cardassian, just like a lot of the older generation here. They hear, like my granddad used to say when he found out I was learning German in high school, he was appalled. Wow. He said, if if it wasn't for people like me the whole country would be speaking German and you're doing it like willingly. Oh, wow. And I was like, well, not really. It's part of the curriculum, but <laughs> I, can't, I can't really choose. But I loved yeah. it. I loved learning German, love German. Yeah. People love Germany. You always talk love it fondly
1: of, of Germany as well. It's
0: the best place ever. I love it.
1: This was a big episode for Kira. Her most... Well, she had one recently actually that was slower and made her have to rethink things with that guy on that yeah, moon. Yeah, yeah. Where We've she seen burned a lot his house down. Kira. I gotta say, I think at this moment in time after this episode and ones we've had recently in the second half of this season i think kira is my favorite character on the show right now which is interesting to me is i don't think i ever felt that way about kira when i've watched ds9 before but i'm just as a 30 34 35 year old man i'm appreciating kira more i think and this episode I, re- I think she went on a real journey where she was as you said earlier she was kind of like that the murderer She was kind of like him at the beginning it didn't matter who this guy was he was guilty but i want to know exactly who he is I want I want an answer but by the end she was like well no it's not so black and white and I
0: appreciated that she she didn't just stick to her original because I feel like at the beginning Kira at the start of season one would have Mm. just said he was guilty and just been like yeah
1: bye. Well, Sisko was afraid of that in this episode, because let's not forget, she went over his head to be allowed to be the one interrogating him. She went to the provisional government, I think mm. it was, and Sisko did voice his concerns that he was not going to get a fair trial, so to speak, because she was biased. It must biased. be
0: very hard to give a fair trial. In her defence, I don't think she personally should have been allowed to do it. In a real-life situation like that, you wouldn't be allowed to, but I'm glad she did, because I think it was good for her I think if she was person. a staff
1: officer, she wouldn't have been allowed to either, but... I think the Bajorans are different. They're mm-hmm. emotional. They're not as you know. They, they haven't had as much experience as the Starfleet and stuff. They just come out of a fifty-year occupation as well. So I think mm-hmm. they just want blood, don't they? They want Cardassian blood. Uh, yeah, really. not so,
0: surprising, really.
1: Yeah, this was a really good episode. I thought the ending actually. Let's talk about that before we wrap this one up. I mean, he's finally mm-hmm. been let go, which I don't think he was even happy about, really. No, he wasn't. And then he gets stabbed in the back by Bajoran, and he dies almost instantly. I mean. How did you find that ending?
0: I was really surprised. But I thought it was actually perfect because he didn't want to go back to wherever he was going. And he'd already set his affairs in order. He had accepted the fact that his death would be his own personal punishment for what he'd been involved in or, you know, stood by and watched. So I think it worked out really well because Kira was satisfied with the outcome of her, like, trial and he was satisfied then in death, I think. Yeah,
1: I don't think he was too gutted to die. No. I, I think he went he was, there to die. Yeah, he did. But I think the manner of it... I mean, it doesn't paint the Bajorans in a good light. though. No, it doesn't. At all. And it does start to add. Don't get me wrong, they were they repressed were during this entire thing. So they learned... They became vicious by a, due to a need to survive. But we did see here, it was kind of, well, that's unnecessary violence now. But mm. maybe it's just actually like a PTSD kind of thing for the Bajorans. And it's going to take them a long time to forget what was done to them when you think
0: this guy who had been captured the clerk he had his face altered to look like that other guy so we don't know that the guy who stabbed him the Bajoran guy wouldn't have noticed maybe that that was him
1: Mm. and
0: maybe he had family or he was one of the people who escaped from the camp we don't know. Who's to say like if someone saw Hitler walking down the street after all the camps had been liberated like wouldn't you stab Hitler? I would.
1: Well there's always that debate isn't there about if you had a time machine would you go Mm. back and and kill Hitler when he, he was a baby. That actually came up in the Avengers film, if you remember, Avengers Endgame. Yeah, They're yeah. like, if we just go back, can't we just go back to when he's baby Thanos and kill him? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, was that it, would be so sad, though. Who is was... Uh, War Machine was saying it to, I think, like, to Hulk, wasn't he? And uh, Hulk was like, like are sick. <laughs> 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 yeah. The thing but, is,
0: if it wasn't him, it, you know, it would probably would have been someone else, you know?
1: I think this episode holds up now, years after it's been released, like, decades... And partly because, you know, we're still seeing concentration camps still exist in the world and makes me sick. In some countries where they, you would like to think that we're evolved past that point But they do still exist And I think they probably will exist for a long time to come
0: Well, we were talking about earlier, weren't we? How humans have got to the position that we are in the world And humans are bad people Humans should be more like dogs Dogs are good people
1: Dogs are good people I miss my dog. Dogs are better than humans Yeah, they are this episode then you loved it is it your favourite DS9 then so far by a mile good that bodes well for the future
0: well no because does it mean just downhill from here really
1: true or (coughs) we can seek to maintain a holding pattern
0: we'll see I also have a question for you. Do you ever go through the edits and hear me go
1: hello? No. When do you do that?
0: I do it. You know, whenever you like, go out the room to like check on the kids. No. Oh, really? I always whisper something into the microphone, but <laughs> just, just to like freak you out while you're editing. It. This show is brought to you by Hollow Media. Computer list other available Hollow Media programs. Loading Hollow Sweet preview program for the Jane Way, a Star Trek Voyager podcast
1: yeah so we cut to night time harry sneaks out of the bed and starts looking up voyager with his security codes etc um again should be in underwear but computer show me tom paris no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> show me his location right now oh he's 450 meters away <laughs> hey oh my gosh it was grinding that's that. He's like, I have to go to a
0: hookup, Olivia, I have to go to fair. I have to he found he found him Tom on, on Space on Star, Star Trek Grinder space and he's grinder. like it's Space Grinder <laughs> Loading Holosuite Preview Programme 4 Beyond Far Point A Star Trek The Next Generation Podcast. And Cards, the
1: other character trying to solve the mystery. So he leaves for that reason alone. It could be and it could really be any character. Any one of of the main cast members could have gone with Data and been there with Data several days later, trying to solve what happened to the Enterprise. It's it, it's very very much a kind of a, a plot reason and nothing more. I think.
0: Yeah, um, I kind of wish Data had stayed on the ship actually, because
1: I would like to have seen him regress to a pocket calculator. <laughs> Computer,
0: deactivate holo